Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Dablina Chakraborty. And I'm Farrah Dowdy. And we always say that one of the most interesting things about history is that it's not static. It seems to be to a lot of people. I mean, it's something that the happened book in the past. Is printed and published. Yep, yeah, it's done. But what we know about the past often continues to evolve through research and exploration and exciting new discoveries. So that's not actually the case. It can be frustrating, I guess, if you have just published a book or something and then the new information about the topic you are researching comes out. But we actually always find it exciting to explore new possibilities regarding established historical counts or those different takes on stories or mysteries that we've covered before. We do this sometimes with those year-end episodes that we do. And I think we've mentioned this before, too, but we do always hear from you guys whenever there's sort of a newsy update to a story we've covered in the past. So we're going to be updating one of those stories today. And I think of all of the historical mysteries that have been covered on this podcast, Arguably, one of the most befuddling is the one surrounding the lost colony at Roanoke. And Candace and Josh covered this this mystery on the podcast back in 2008. And as you'll find out in just a few minutes, they leave off still kind of scratching their heads as to what really happened, because the truth is nobody knows for sure, even to this day, this updated podcast. But for those of you who haven't heard their podcast and don't know about the mystery, Roanoke was basically one of the first attempts by the English to establish a colony in North America in the late 16th century. We're talking pre-Jamestown here. 
So we won't give away all the details since you're about to hear Candace and Josh's take on it. But essentially, 118 colonists led by a man named John White show up on Roanoke Island in the outer banks of present day North Carolina in 1587. White goes back to England to get supplies and returns in 1590. And when he shows up, all of the colonists, their homes, the fort's cannon, the whole shebang, they're all gone as if they've just vanished into thin air. And one thing Candace and Josh go into is how, at the time, nobody really got a chance to search for these lost colonists. It wasn't until years later that investigations into the disappearance and the colonists' ultimate whereabouts really began, and they continue to this day. So that brings us up to the present time. And just recently in May, the combined efforts of historians and researchers, both in the United States and across the pond, uncovered a clue in this mystery that might lead to a major breakthrough in figuring out what really happened to all of these people. So it started last year when UNC economics professor Brent Lane was studying the Virginia PARS, which is a map of coastal Virginia and North Carolina that John White, the guy Dipolina was just talking about created back in the 16th century. And Lane is a member of the First Colony Foundation, which is a Durham-based group devoted to studying these really, really early colonial expeditions. As Lane is studying this map, his goal is to examine Native American villages, but he starts to get really intrigued by these two small patches of paper that have been pasted on top of two parts of the map. We should say that using patches like this wasn't really unusual at the time. If you wanted to make changes to a map, you put a patch over the part that you wanted to change and then drew over the patch. That was just how you did it. But Lane started to get really curious about what was underneath those patches. The rest of the map, to him, just seemed so meticulous that those patches seemed out of place. So Lane decided to ask the British Museum in London, where the original map has lived since 1886, if anybody there had ever tried to figure out what was under the patch, and they hadn't. So they put the map on a light table, which revealed the new, somewhat startling clue that may finally reveal what happened to the lost colony at Roanoke. But before we tell you much more about that clue and its implications, we're going to take a listen to Candace and Josh's episode which will give you all the background on the Roanoke colony and some of the prevailing theories about what might have happened. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined by staff writer Josh Clark. Call me God Gifu. <laughs> A throwback to our Lady Godiva podcast. That is true. You know, it's almost as quaint as a cute little 11th century Anglo-Saxon village. What? Colonial villages. Just, I like thinking of all the the buckles and the little thatched roofs oh, and the tea and you know like the the high spirits of no more king. Yeah, kind of yeah. sweet. Or you know the whole uh, puritanical outlook, the encouraging uh, citizens to spy on all their neighbors and tattle and all that kind of thing. I mean, either you know, way, the you look hangings, at it. Right. the burnings well, at the stake, that kind of thing. Valid point. Yeah. I well, kind of view colonial life as fairly grim, but I'm pretty glad they stuck it out because I'm pretty here happy to we be are here today. Yeah. And that's funny because colonial life, you're right, it was really grim. And it took a really <laughs> strong person to volunteer to come over on a boat to a land that they hadn't seen before and stake out a life here. It's about survival mm-hmm. and about finding a, an appropriate power hierarchy and creating new life and new traditions and 
So you look at a place like Colonial Williamsburg, for instance. Which is pretty. I agree. Yeah. Have you been? I have. They've got that super cool like uh, museum tour, and every once in a while there's like a, a wax figure in there. Uh, especially the insane asylum is particularly disturbing. Ooh, I haven't been there. They show... Um, they have like a wax figure and I think a straight jacket with a metal cage over his head. And it really kind of drives home, you know, you, it was a good thing not to be insane in colonial America. <laughs> and, okay, so that aside, <laughs> yeah. Colonial Williamsburg is a pretty quaint place. But it's sort of overshadowed by the mystery of, I guess, Colonial Roanoke. Yeah, well, Williamsburg is, you know, very recent compared to Roanoke. Right. Which is the uh, first... First settled in 1585. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there, there was a group of like a hundred people, a hundred men, actually, I should say, mainly military guys. There was a scientist who came along, and an artist named John White, uh, who later became governor of, uh, of the next Roanoke colony. And uh, it didn't stick. No, um, it didn't work out all that well. They, they lasted ten months, I think. And. People had come before even this group came over. Yeah, there was an expedition. And they scouted the area, you know, did some surveillance, found where the best place would be for the settlement, things like this, Mm -hmm. normal things to do. Um, And after the reconnaissance mission came these settlers, and they couldn't get along with the Native Americans. Well, let me interject here. It wasn't really the uh, natives' fault. No, no, no. There was a policy of um, kidnapping. Anytime they wanted information, food, Anything. Right. They would they hold the tribal leaders somebody. for ransom. Yeah. And then, you know, let them go or what? Well, maybe not. Um, there was another incident right after that uh, 1585 colony was established. Um, they found a silver cup was missing. So they burned down an Indian village. So, not I mean, exactly there was a, tit for tat. No. And the worst part is, is especially with the Powhatans. Um, they, they were pretty friendly with the English settlers from the moment they arrived. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the first wave of settlers, the first hundred men that came, really did a lot to uh, chip away at those you know warm feelings pretty quick. They did. And, you know, it's ironic because they were depending on, as they called them, these savages yeah. for food and resources. And no thanks were given, essentially, like you've explained. And finally, they were under such a heavy threat of attack from the Native Americans mm-hmm. that the men had to pick up and leave. And they didn't have any more supplies. And so they cut it out of Roanoke. Right. And ironically, I think about two weeks later, the next group came. Well, the the, the people from the, this group, the 100 men that had left for England to go get supplies, mm-hmm. uh, they arrived about two weeks after uh, Sir Walter Raleigh showed up and took the, the, the 100 men back to England. Um, so this the supply ship comes two weeks later, finds no one there, and, you know, they don't want to give up their stake in the new world. So they, the, the guy, uh, Glenville, I believe, or Grenville, sorry, um, he leaves 15 soldiers behind to kind of man the settlement until more colonists can be, you know, rounded up and brought back to the new world. And while that may have been a wise decision when it comes to holding on to your land, it was a very poor decision in terms of relations with the Native Americans because here were a really fired up group of people who were mad at all things European, and these new men come, and maybe they have some idea of the precedent that their fellow Europeans have set, but maybe not. I would think not. And so even if they tried to establish relations with the locals... 
I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Say goodbye to complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping and say hello to an advantage with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Every business faces challenges, but shipping shouldn't be one of them. So keep things simple with clear, upfront pricing. And no unexpected surcharges for Saturday deliveries, residential deliveries, or fuel. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there, helping you counter the rising costs of doing business with a budget-friendly alternative. And keep things reliable with on-time ground shipping, ensuring your shipments get to where they need to go while maintaining your hard-earned reputation. USPS Ground Advantage is your ticket to easy, cost-effective, and dependable shipping. It's the complete delivery service your business needs to rise above the competition. There's never been a better time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. It was all shot to poo because they were essentially killed off really fast. Uh, yeah, we don't know exactly when they were killed off, but when the second wave of colonists arrived in 1587, about 12 months later, mm-hmm. um, there was nothing but one set of bones of one of the soldiers. So, you know, clearly that he'd been killed, you know, uh, long enough ago so that all that was left was bones. There was no right. rotting flesh or anything like that. And I think that there was like a, a skeleton of some sort of house or hut or something nearby. It was mm-hmm. all pretty dilapidated the place at was this trash. point. It was trashed. Yeah, yeah, it was trashed. And in this new group of settlers, it was men, women, and children. Yeah, this is a this is a settlement that mo- that much resembled later colonies. There were there was ways to reproduce and have new kids, and mm-hmm. it, it was clearly a, a colony that was intended to to plant. And actually, the the male colonists of this colony were called planters. Right. Um, so they they wanted to kind of plant this English seed in the new world and mm-hmm. let it grow, right? Right. Um, and actually, the first English baby uh, was born in the new Little world. Little Virginia out of this Dare. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, Virginia Dare. Yeah. And she was actually the granddaughter of John White, who was the artist who'd been on that 1585 expedition. And he was back and, as in the 1587. governor this time. Right. Yeah. He's the governor now. And they set up a nice little village for themselves. I think they have two-story little houses with thatched roofs, and things seem to be going pretty well. But again, no surprise here, tensions exist between Native Americans and these people, and not yeah. between all the Native American tribes. Some are actually a little bit friendly. Well, yeah, they, they, the Powhatans, they uh, managed to get back in their good graces again. Right. Uh, but there were plenty of other tribes that had been hostile from the start or had grown hostile from the 1585 expedition that either kept their distance. Um, I, I don't think that there were any attacks on the second Roanoke colony that we know of that were documented. But at the very least, they weren't helping these people out. So basically, they, they had the Powhatans to rely on. Um, and supplies from England, which is, I think, 3,600 miles away from the outer banks of North Carolina, which is where Roanoke is. Right. So they were in a precarious position. They were. And White actually had to leave he to did. get back to England like for a, more supplies. a month or two after. And here is where things get mysterious. Yeah, here's the, here's the fact or fiction part. Um, you know, most people think Roanoke lost colony. Um, they, they assume that the Indians, you know, there was an, an Indian attack and... The colonists, the, the colony was wiped out. So let's make that the fact or fiction part. Okay. You want to tell them is that fact or fiction? We don't really know. I'm going to go with faction, faction. My, my default answer. And when White came back, everyone was gone. Just gone. Gone. And it wasn't, you know, bones here and there like the 15 soldiers from before. It wasn't dilapidated huts mm-hmm. like they, before. He wrote, the, he wrote later that they'd been taken down. Yeah, they didn't been, indicate that they'd been destroyed or burned or anything like that, just that they weren't there any longer. Exactly. And he looked for a Maltese cross, mm-hmm. which is essentially a symbol that they agreed to use to indicate distress. Mm-hmm. None. And no. there was one clue. There were two. Well, one and a half, really. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the word uh, Croatoan. Right. Right. Was carved into this um, 
impromptu fort. Basically, the colonists had built a, 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 a wall around where the settlement had been. Um, and on one of uh, the post uh, post of uh, this um, this fort uh, was carved the word Croatoan. Croatoan was an island nearby where friendly Powhatans lived. Right. right? And, and because there was no, I'm sorry, <laughs> because there was no uh, Maltese cross carved in, uh, Governor White assumed that the the colonists had upped and moved to. Croatoan right. for protection, food, resources, something like that. The other half of that clue was that on another post, or a tree, I mm, think, a tree. was the word crow. Yeah, like someone had started like to write Croatoan. Maybe they ran out of finish. space or something like that. Yeah. Ran and then out they of went back and did it, you know, the <laughs> full thing. That's the only clue. That's it. And, you know, it kind of makes you want to beat your head against a wall because no one bothered really investigating the dis- the disappearance. And I think that England launched a few fleets of ships to go over, but people sort of used it to their own glory and overtook these missions as mercenary trips, really, sure. to go and exploit different parts of the land instead of investigating what happened at Roanoke. And you have to wonder why John White didn't do it. I mean, you think about it, his um, his daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter were among the missing. And he here he is on Roanoke Island, and... Croatoan is a hop, skip, and a jump away. The problem is, when he went to go get supplies, uh, th- there was a, an attack on England by the Spanish Armada. So he was delayed basically three years mm-hmm. before he could go get back to Roanoke. And by the time he could get back, the only way to get there, he didn't even have supplies. Right. Um, he was basically a guest on this passenger ship. Mm-hmm. So he had no say in, in what this ship did or where it went. So the uh, I believe the, the ship's captain decided that they were going to go up for a little piracy and before they could, the, the I think the season changed and they headed back for England. So he was so close to Croatoan and possibly the answer to mm-hmm. what happened to this colony, and he had to leave. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands in over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel 
for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Say goodbye to complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping and say hello to an advantage with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Every business faces challenges, but shipping shouldn't be one of them. So keep things simple with clear, upfront pricing. And no unexpected surcharges for Saturday deliveries, residential deliveries, or fuel. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there, helping you counter the rising costs of doing business with a budget-friendly alternative. And keep things reliable with on-time ground shipping, ensuring your shipments get to where they need to go while maintaining your hard-earned reputation. USPS Ground Advantage is your ticket to easy, cost-effective, and dependable shipping. It's the complete delivery service your business needs to rise above the competition. There's never been a better time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. How frustrating. And if you read firsthand accounts of what he observed, he wrote that they moved inland. I think you already mentioned 50 that. 50 miles into the 50 main. 50 miles into the main. And I have to wonder, was that a way of consoling himself? Maybe he, he thought it was just as mysterious and upsetting. And perhaps he convinced himself that that's what happened. He couldn't probe any further. He didn't have the resources or time. And so that's just how it was. They just moved inland. And that would have been a reassuring answer. It would have been. But, but don't you find it curious that he specified a, a distance? 50 miles into the main. And also into the main has come into contention. Uh, the the thing I buy into is 50 miles inland, into the mainland. Mm-hmm. Other people have said that uh, white meant 50 miles north. I don't know how you get into the main or north from into the main, but that would place the settlers in about the Chesapeake area, which was a, where they were originally supposed to be going. They were just stopping at Roanoke to make contact with those 15 soldiers, found them dead, and apparently the pilot of the ship who was going to take them to the Chesapeake uh, colony refused to take them any further. So they were stuck in Roanoke. 
So there's like mystery upon mystery shrouding this thing. There's an anthropologist named Lee Miller, and uh, I think she's out of Vanderbilt University maybe. I can't remember. Sorry, uh, Ms. Miller. Uh, but she she suspects that the whole thing was sabotaged by people who were out to undermine um, Sir Walter Raleigh, who had an exclusive patent on the New World, and that that pilot refusing him to take it take take the, take the uh, colonists any further was part of this this plot to thwart the, the colonists' success. So it may have been a conspiracy, it's, or at least some people would think. Possible, sure. And it wasn't until 1607 when the Jamestown colony came into play that there was time and there were resources to dedicate to the disappearance mm-hmm. of the Roanoke colonists. And what's funny is that when people got to Roanoke, they couldn't even agree, really, where the settlement would have been. You know, which part of the island? Was it where the cannons were? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, further inland? Now, the cannons were located in the sound, in a little inlet, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's where the cannons were. That's where boats should have been. John White found no evidence of any of these. Um, and the original settlement had a fort, Fort Raleigh. And that's where uh, people have been digging pretty much since, I think, the 1940s is when serious scientific digs began to be undertaken, um, and they found no evidence of the second settlement. So not only were the colonists lost, the colony itself is literally lost. We have no idea where it is, where it went. And because Roanoke is an island, people do suspect that erosion may have washed some evidence away, and Mm -hmm. parts of Roanoke could be underwater now. Yeah. And the mystery thickens even more because (laughs) supposedly there was a man who either inadvertently or, you know, just blabbing it around, somehow told the Spanish mm-hmm. where Roanoke was and that he was en route there and this is what England was doing with the land. And the English and the Spanish were none too friendly. So people think that the Spaniards may have come in and caused some mischief. Yeah. Or that there was a shift in power among other Native American tribes. And even if the Roanoke colonists were friendly with one of the tribes, they would have been their match against a big tribal I guess, um, Uprising melee. War. Yeah, well, that, exactly. That, again, that's, anth- that's one of anthropologist uh, Miller's uh, theories, is that there was a, uh, a shift in power from the Powhatans who were friendly with the Roanoke colonists, that they lost their control over the area, and to fill that power vacuum, other tribes who were hostile to the colonists rose up, took power. Had If that happened and the, Roanokes, or the uh, Roanoke colonists had moved 50 miles into the main right then, they would have been walking into just a, this a, a tribal war, and they would have been slaughtered. The men would have been. And the men, and wi- I'm sorry, the women and children would have been sold as slaves. Right, yeah. And, and there was apparently a trading network from Virginia to Augusta, Georgia, <laughs> all up and down the coast. So they, any evidence of them would have been lost, even if they had been subsumed into um, any tribe that, that, that purchased them, basically, which is another theory. Right. And there is one more possibility at least one more, and it's a little bit more peaceful and a little bit of a, a happier ending. And that is that the colonists move inland and they assimilated into a Native American tribe. Mm-hmm. And things were hunky-dory. They intermarried and produced an entirely new subset of people. The Lumbee. The Lumbee. And this theory is called the Lumbee Connection. Right. And a lot of people who made it over to the area later said that they would see people who had European dress or European manners and and speech associating with the Native Americans or that even there were some people who looked like they were neither Native American entirely nor European entirely. Maybe they had darker skin, but they also had lighter colored eyes like Europeans. Mm-hmm. There were some, uh, I think, French or English settlers um, who were hunting and trapping in the North Carolina area 
who uh, made the first documented uh, contact with the Lumbee tribe. So you imagine you, you're meeting this tribe who aren't supposed to have come in contact with any uh, any whites, and they can read and write and speak English, and some of them have gray eyes, which is an anomaly among Native Americans, and their houses look a lot like the houses you see back in England. That gives a lot of support to this, this Lumbee connection theory. Uh, and the Lumbee themselves, a lot of them, uh, it's part of their oral tradition that the Roanoke colonists were assumed into their tribe and they, they formed the Lumbee. But that's also in dispute. Um, there's a, uh, especially back during the, uh, uh, I guess, the Anglicization of Native Americans in the 19th century, this is a, a big kind of, um, I, there is an identity crisis among tribes. And uh, a lot of the Lumbee, as far as I understand, kind of, they, they don't really like to talk about that white heritage because it may make them perceived as less than Native American. Well, for my money, I am thinking that they were assimilated into the Native American I, I'm tribes. I'm betting on the Lumbee connection as well. I mean, if there were houses in the area that looked similar to what the Roanoke colonists had mm-hmm. on Roanoke, mm-hmm. and if John White observed that these houses had been I guess, disassembled, for lack of a better term. I think they probably just took all their supplies, all the resources that they had stored on Roanoke, and just moved it all inland. Yeah. Okay, so fact or fiction, what's your your final verdict on the Indian attack? Oh, gosh. You'd say uh, fiction, I guess? Well, oh, gosh, I don't even know. Can I I say faction? Sure. So there you have it. Their verdict is faction. Or not even faction. Not even faction. Who knows? Candace and Josh had their own theories about which theory about the fate of the lost colony is correct, but they couldn't say for sure. And truthfully, that's still the case, as we said. Yeah, but as we mentioned in the intro, this new discovery made jointly at the First Colony Foundation and the British Museum might get us one step closer to finally solving the mystery. And what researchers found when they checked out those patches on the Virginia Pars map over the light box was that there was a little squarish symbol of the type that was used during this time to depict forts. But what was even more interesting than that was what they found on top of the patch. When they used an ultraviolet light to examine it, they found that these really faint markings that seemed to depict the fort with other little markings around it, which appeared to indicate plans for a town or even a city around there. The researchers haven't yet figured out how these marks were made, but they suspect it might be some sort of invisible ink based on an organic material like lemon juice or even urine. So why would they want to hide plans for a development? After all, these maps, this map in particular, was basically what they wanted to use to woo potential investors in the new colonies. Well, Lane said it's possible that they were afraid Spanish spies in Elizabeth's court might get a hold of that info, and that could lead to a Spanish attack on the settlement. So they may have done it to protect the colonists. Protect their interests a little bit. So Mm -hmm. James Horn, who's the vice president of research and historical interpretation at the Colonial Williamsburg Foundation and author of a 2010 book about the lost colony, says that they believe this clue provides some kind of proof that the colonists moved west toward the conflict 
confluence of the Chihuahua and Roanoke Rivers in modern-day Bertie County in northeastern North Carolina. And this even supports White's statement about moving 50 miles inland, which Josh was talking about, how there's some debate over that. Well, this is right in that sort of proximity. So that could maybe solve that aspect of the mystery as well. So the majority of the settlers might have gone there and eventually intermarried with a nearby Indian tribe, as Candace and Josh discussed. But to really find out whether there's any merit to the idea of a possible settlement in the area, archaeologists are most likely going to have to do some testing in the area, and they're still figuring out a timeline for that. Of course, though, a lot of time has gone by since then, and a lot of the site is now the location of a residential community and a golf course. And so if there's digging involved, that will probably be an issue, you know, tearing up the third hole or whatever. So exciting for us, maybe not so much for the golfers, unless they're also history buffs, but hopefully there will still be more to come with this one. Yeah, maybe something we will get to use on one of those year-end episodes that we enjoy so much. Yeah, so we'll we'll see and we'll be waiting and expecting all of your emails telling us when there's new news about this. So um, in the meantime, if you want to share any of your theories, you can find us at historypodcast at discovery.com. We're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. And we, yeah, we'd love to hear any kind of Roanoke mystery ideas you have, or if you've visited this area too and, and, and have any ideas of your own. And if you want to learn a little bit more about this topic, maybe you want to pass it on to your friends or something, we have an article on our website called What Happened to the Lost Colony at Roanoke, and you can find it by searching on our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit LambdaLegal.org. That's LambdaLegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.